Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Western New York Entrepreneur, where we help entrepreneurs take the next step in their own business. And today we're actually in an anchor bar in Maple uh, Maple Road location here. We have a uh, part owner, uh, Mike Muley. He's actually the founder of Designated Drivers of Buffalo. And before I even go any further, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. I appreciate yeah, you. No, absolutely. I appreciate uh, having me on. Yeah, man. So what's cool is we can safely be in restaurants now, yeah. uh, which is cool because I'm so glad we're used to doing Zoom calls, Mike. Ah, uh, yes, that, and I can understand that. So it's, I'm such an in-person kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. So this is like my birthday all over again, except not quarantine style. So that being said, man, you know, for those that don't know who you are, Mike, obviously I've met you before, yep. but those that don't know your story, how did your first business was Designated Drivers of Buffalo? Correct. So how did that kind of come to be? What was your entrepreneurial journey? Whatever sure. you want to start in that. Way. Yeah, well, um, basically prior to launching Designated Drivers of Buffalo, which I did in uh, October of 2008, I was in the restaurant and hospitality industry. And uh, a lot of what we do in Designated Drivers of Buffalo, I saw that there was a need for in that industry based on the fact that people were drinking and driving. Kind of a light bulb went off in my head and I realized, you know, why are people drinking and driving? And it's basically because they wanted to get their car home at the end of the day. So again, like I said, that light bulb kind of went off and I started thinking, hey, can, can we get their car home? Can I get their car home for them? And then uh, an idea became a reality. And uh, 13 years later, here we are. Yeah. So 13 years ago, man, it doesn't seem like that long ago, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. But, but that being said, so obviously we had this idea, right? Yeah. So, okay, I can take their car home. So like, how did you like apps weren't that big back then. So, yeah. like, so what came first? Like the chicken or the egg? Right? Yeah. Like, did, did the app come? Did you guys create a website? Did you just start doing it for friends and family? Like, yeah. So it's, it's, it's an interesting story because I mean, honestly, uh, the technology has advanced so much in the 13 years that we've been around. So when we first launched this, it was a cell phone. I mean, you, you called a cell phone that we carried everywhere with us and then we would call drivers and it was a very grassroots type of operation, but we were able to get the job done. You know, um, we marketed it well, word of mouth well, and then there was a need for it. And then as we progressed throughout the years, we we just saw technology really advance and we were able to do more and more with that. Up until two, three years ago, we launched our own app and it works very much just like a rideshare would do. Uh, you know, you become a member with our service, you're able to order and track and pay for your services right through that app. It really is kind of amazing where this service started and to where it's gone. And it's made our lives a lot easier, but the learning process along the way has been, uh, been interesting to say the least. Yeah. So tell me, where do you think was like the biggest learning curve through all that? Yeah. I mean, I would say that the, the most difficult thing with my business was that there, there was no real proof of concept out there. You know, I kind of created this idea and there was nothing to fall back on. So everything that we did um, essentially was just going to be a trial and error. You know, let's throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. And sometimes it did and sometimes it didn't. Um, so it was that was probably the most difficult process um, is not really being able to follow any sort of path and just constantly creating your own. Um, and it was there was no template. So, I mean, it literally, we wrote it and, and, and created it. So that's what's so hard about being an innovator. Sometimes there's no like real path to go. You're like, we've never done this before. There's no blueprint. I should e say. Exactly. That's exactly right. So I get out. We're just a curious cat. We love getting the nitty gritty stuff here. Yeah. So people appreciate that on yeah. this podcast. At least that's what I've been told. So what is one idea you thought was really going to stick and didn't, and maybe vice versa, where 
I don't think that's going to work, but let's just try and it did. Sure. So the shuttle service, you know, we got a lot of calls for uh, transportation for out of town guests that were going to and from like hotels and things and didn't have cars. Um, And we kind of took a swing on that and it did work except for, I mean, we got the bookings, but with the insurance and the cost that came along with it, the model just didn't work with the pricing that we would have to charge to customers. I mean, they could get a limo for the same cost of a shuttle. And um, that concept in itself seemed like it had the greatest potential, but just just kind of fizzled out a little bit. So you actually think about getting into like the shuttle business, not just the drunk driving. We did actually. Yeah, we, we did purchase a shuttle. Uh, we had it available. It, as I mentioned, it went really well in year one, but then in year two, the requirements and the insurances and everything kind of skyrocketed on us and the model itself just couldn't really support itself um, without doing hundreds of bookings, which it just wasn't going to happen. And that was a learning experience in itself and kind of made us, you know, kind of reevaluate and say, let's, you know, kind of stay focused on task at hand here and, and more focused on the designated driving side of stuff than branching out into that. No, that makes sense. So obviously when you're starting the business, I'm guessing you were the main driver, like you were, you know, you know, whatever you want to call it, your partners and whatnot. So when you guys transitioned to having different drivers, like when was like, like, was there like a mapped out? Like, okay, once we have this many sure. calls, then we kind of go into that. And now to, to what it is today. So can you kind of walk me through Yeah. That? So, I mean, it's definitely a very scalable business. It allowed us to be able to kind of, you know, look at this from a, a lot of different standpoints because it did take a long time to scale. You know, this is a different type of concept. So it was interesting to try to explain this to people because when you see it on paper, you just hear about it, your brain is not going to automatically take you to, oh, they must drive you and your car home. Um, so that was the tricky part was trying to convince people to get to that point. And that took us a little bit of time to get there. Um, you know, we, we said, if you use it and you try it, you'll definitely use it again. But it was trying to get people to understand the concept. So really that first year or two, we were pretty fortunate with some corporate sponsors that we got right off the bat based on the fact that they liked us. So we were able to get our name out there. But really, it happened kind of quickly that we moved into having dispatchers in the office and probably about 15 to 20 drivers on on, uh, on our fleet. And then ironically enough, once we got to that point, our insurance companies basically said that I would cost too much money to insure as a driver because of my role as the owner. Um, so it, it actually, I was tired of driving, so I was okay with the fact that uh, I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was it was probably within six months to the first year um, that we really were able to start transitioning into getting some employees in place and getting some really good teams in place to be able to provide the service. Yeah, my brain's going in so many different places, sure. by the way. So yeah. don't mind if I my ADD kicks no, in. No, believe me, right. I, I totally so get it. My mind goes to like, you have the... I guess as a joke, you have like the the people of the world that like, you know, they, they ask all these questions like, uh, I guess I'll just say straightforward. The first concept, well, someone's driving my car home. What do I know they're not going to steal it? What do I have paperwork there? Did you have those questions at all in the beginning? Or are we like, no, it's Buffalo, city of good neighbors? You know, it's funny. I think that uh, there's just two types of people in life, those that are like skeptical. But the other alternative is, am I going to leave my car behind? Do you feel that you're going to have a higher risk of you being in your own vehicle, getting driven home in it? Uh, and something's going to happen or leaving your car in a parking lot for vandalism to happen or risking drinking and driving yourself. So I think that ultimately the risk was worth the reward based on the mm-hmm. fact that uh, your other alternative is not nearly as good. And chances are, you know, we're not going to rob you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a company, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense, man. So I know that you guys had like a, a cool partnership with Wim's Heart, which is actually funny you say that, Mike, when we, when we talked before the, the podcast here. Is that's actually the first time I used you guys. Oh, that's hilarious. So it was uh, New Year's Eve, I yep. believe, correct? Yep. When yep. Matar had this thing. So tell me about how that partnership kind of formed. Yeah, it's actually a pretty funny story. In year one, it, we were open probably for about three to four weeks. And I get a phone call um, and it's 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 from William Matar. And he's basically saying, hey, I, I saw the news article in the paper. I think this is a great concept. I'd love to be a partner with you. And I'd like to pay for everybody to use the service on New Year's Eve. And I, I honestly, at the time, just thought it was one of my friends like messing with me because I'm like, 
who's do, who wants to do that? And I'm like, and I, I couldn't even wrap that around my head on what that's going to look like. But he has been an, an awesome partner ever since. I mean, it, it really was him. He's been doing the same program for 13 years with us now. So same thing with New Year's Eve every year, huh? Every year, yeah. We provide free rides for customers and their vehicles. I know it's, it's great promotion. He does a great job making sure that the word gets out there through radio and television. Um, it's been very beneficial for both of us, and we've saved tons of lives. I mean, it's, it's just a cool promotion. That, that is huge. Yeah. And I think it's so cool because... Not to sound morbid, but it's like he makes money off right accidents, accidents yeah. you know, and here he is trying to help prevent Preventum. them. Yeah, I think that's that's it's, that's really cool. Actually. It actually is very cool. Yeah. And, and, and if this is if this is not fair to ask, let me know. But mm. what was the bill on the first year that he did that? Well, actually, what it was is it, it encompassed an entire sponsorship. So there the, the New Year's Eve package was built into that. And then he also got a corporate package through that um, that allows all of his lawyers and attorneys and all the staff to use our services at no charge to them. So he, he parlayed that into a really nice corporate benefit benefit for his employees as well. Um, so it's a year long sponsorship that he does. So it's one big package. Um, oh, that's but, cool. Yeah. But so it's I mean, an easy answer then it's, yeah. it's not cause it's broken out into a bunch of components, but, um, you know, volume wise that, that first year, I think we did 35, 40 rides, like, you know, and that really? was like, so yeah, I was one of the 35, 40 yeah, and huh? I was like, Whoa, wow. Oh my God. You know, what a yeah. crazy night. And then by year 10, it was like hundreds of them. And we were just like, out of our how, minds. how many drivers do you have on New Year's Eve? Uh, we usually have about 70 drivers. Yeah. And in the past we would have to work in teams pre the app because they would, they would have to pair up. And so 70 drivers will get us about 35 teams. Um, we're now with the technologies that we have out there and we can uh, utilize the rideshare stuff. I can use them as my chasers. Uh, we're able to actually take individuals, get them to the, the customer's car 10 times faster than we ever were, and then uh, still provide the same service. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So again, my mind just kind of goes everywhere with things, but I think that's really cool. So obviously, you know, we can go into, actually, before I dive into the, the next business, yeah. anything that... In fact, I actually want to say this real quick. So for our listeners out there, like who can you partner with? Kind of like outside the box, like Wimitar partnered with Disney Drivers of Buffalo. That was really smart. So for our listeners out there, who can you partner with? Who can you sponsor that really, I thought that was a really out of the box thing that William Matar did with Designated Drivers of Buffalo, New York, where they basically just partner with someone that you think that, well, that kind of gives me customers. But when you have a heart, when you have a good aspect of it behind it, I think people really see that. So who can you and your business, can you partner with sponsorship or really combine forces that really just make really Buffalo, Western New York a better place? So I think that was really cool. So I want you guys as listeners to think about who you can partner with in your business with someone else, even if it has nothing to do with your business in general. So anyways, man, I'd love to talk about Anchor Bar, if that's okay with yeah, you. No, absolutely. So obviously you're kind of you know part owner, general manager of the Anchor Bar here. Yep. So how do you, first of all, my question, how do you balance everything at this point? Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. And it's funny because, you know, once COVID hit, you would think that ultimately all hell would break loose, but it actually gave me an opportunity to slow things down a little bit and kind of reorganize, take Anchor Bar by the horns and, and really be able to run with it and put my time invested into this because things obviously slow down a little bit on the drinking and driving side of things and, and designated drivers. Um, therefore, I, again, I was able to put some more time toward this and figure out our, our situation and, and kind of roll with the punches on this project of ours. Yeah. So obviously it's two different businesses. And I know we talked beforehand, you had like 20 years in the restaurant business beforehand. Yep. So this one day, like one of your friends were like, Hey, let's partner with Anchor Bar. Did you come up to them with the idea? Sure. Like, so with designated drivers, uh, I, I actually, in 2012, I partnered with Franchise Development Group and we launched uh, Designated Drivers Across America, which is our franchise brand. Um, and we've been selling that ever since. And, and that relationship formed into a friendship, which uh, I ended up moving into the building where that is about two years ago. From there, the opportunity kind of rose and, and we, we would have the conversations back and forth. And 
Um, it looked like a great opportunity. I thought the location was fantastic. The brand has always been strong and great in Buffalo. Um, and I just thought it could be a great opportunity. And then we ended up taking it over on January 1st of 2020. Had it for 10 weeks and COVID kicked in and uh, hasn't quite been the same since, but you know, we're working through it. We've, uh, we've done a really nice job trying to pivot and do some different things, especially with the takeout and the delivery. I was able to actually transform my designated driving company into a food delivery service as well. Um, so we were able to cut the cost down on some of those other food delivery services by doing them internally and partnered up with some of the other local restaurants as well to kind of offset those other things, keep my drivers busy at work. And uh, like I said, just kind of take on another dimension of this thing. Yeah. It's so funny, by the way, that you started Tumblr before COVID because their last guest she owns Cup of Community. She yeah. started, she bought their business and opened her doors the week before COVID. Crazy, and that happened. Yeah, it's so nuts. it's funny how we two got back to <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, uh, on that. And by the way, it is a perfect, a perfect uh, location. Obviously, you're on a very busy road, and you're right by UB. And as we know by now, students love, and you have forty thousand of them that are constantly hungry. No doubt about it. And they told me they, their words, not mine. The the pizza sucks on campus. That's what well, me. that's good to hear because we got pretty good pizza <laughs> good. over here. Yeah, yeah. in fact, yeah. it's my wife' favorite pizza. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's usually like Lenovo's, Bocce. She loves it here. Yeah. Obviously, running different things and whatnot. So, any tips for for business owners that own multiple businesses that really just do a lot of different things? Yeah. Maybe you know, like I said, kind of like you, you have a lot of different things going on. And any tips that you? I know what it phrases. What word of advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, if you have a dream, just believe in it. Keep keep grinding out on it. I mean, it's it's tough. It is hard out there. I mean, especially during COVID and things like that. But honestly, if you just keep working at it and the idea is there, it, it will hit. I mean, it, it takes hard work. It's a lot, you know. And the other thing that I say is you're as good as the people around you. You know, sound, surround yourself with great people that you can trust. And honestly, if you get that, um, you can accomplish anything because when you can start delegating and taking some of those things, those day-to-day -day tasks off your plate, um, those things that really consume you and make you work in your business and not on your business, um, that's where you start to get complacent. You start to lose your, your focus because you're so focused on trying to get that day-to-day -day stuff instead of the big picture. Um, and that's what I would recommend to anybody. You got to be able to kind of do both. And the best way to be is see that small picture, but also be able to see that big picture um, and always strive toward that. I mean, it's it's not easy. And sometimes you're going to get you know, there's days that you're just going to be depressed about it and you're going to get angry about it and there's things aren't going to go your way, but then you're going to have another big win and, and they work out and, and you take those days and you get through the other ones. And, and honestly, if it's something you want to do and you like doing it, then do it. Um, that's really what it comes down to in life. I is, it is it worth it, right? The, uh, the emotional roller coaster sometimes at every business, not just restaurants, but yeah. the emotional roller coaster going up, then you're down, right? And then all of a sudden this looks bleak and then all of a sudden this win comes this way. So I can totally... Totally, uh, you know, jive with you on that. So, for those that are ever thought about opening up a restaurant, yeah, at least here's my perception, and it could be a completely bad perception, sure. but I'm like, man, that would be like my life because yep. it's open so many hours of the day. Yeah, you get your babysitting, not babysitting, but you're obviously I love a lot of employees. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously you've been in a long time. Would you say perception is true or not true? It, it is to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, you do. It, it is true where they say, you know, you kind of have to live there. And, you know, we've had this for a year now. And this is definitely a different circumstance than we walked into. So, I mean, my time has become very dedicated to this building and this place based on the fact that um, we're doing takeout and delivery. You know, we weren't open for customers to come in here. And my role significantly changed well in this building as well. But um, basically, um, you, you know, you do what you got to do to survive during these times. And the restaurant industry is a unique industry. I mean, you've got to love it, you know, and that's the one thing when I got away from it, I didn't realize how much I missed it. There, there is a team and a camaraderie that takes place within this building um, that you go to war with these people, you know, when you get your ass kicked and it's, it's, it's intense because you're getting slammed and, you know, 
it is what it is. But when the day is over, you, you look at each other and you're like, yeah, we that nailed that. We nailed that. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you do, you, you build a bond with these people. And, and, and I, and I do miss that with my other company because it's not quite the same type of thing. Cause it's not a brick and mortar type of business. So, I mean, if, if you love people and you love this business and you think you like this industry, then it's, definitely for you. But if, if you're trying to be a ghost owner and not be around or it, it's tough, it's, it's time and it's hours and it's, you know, it's not necessarily the grueling work, but it's definitely time and hours that you got to put into it. No, that makes sense. I have two questions are totally two different types of questions. One is how did you get into franchising for Destiny Drivers of Buffalo? And for those ever thinking about that, what should they know about it? And then the second question is what is one thing that you think you wish you knew kind of when COVID hit, like not in terms of how long it was going to last, because none of us knew that, but what is one thing that you're like, man, I wish I did this. Sometimes we were kind of late to the game and maybe, maybe it's like, oh, I wish we did this first. Or I wish we did that first. I know it's totally two different questions, yeah. but I just, I just want to make sure I got them out loud so I didn't forget. About no, it. absolutely. So um, ironically, the, the person that I, that way is one of my partners in, the, in Anchor Bar also owns franchise development group. So he owns a franchising business. So that's what he does. So he, this was a, this is a franchise of that. So the, it was an easy process for us to slip into that. And then it was the same thing. He saw the concept. He saw the idea that designated drivers of Buffalo was, and was like, this is 100% franchisable. You know, let's, let's see what we got here. And we did, we sold two franchises, one in Long Island, one in Colorado. And, and we're currently in a phase of rebranding it because after COVID and, and really after the rideshare stuff became legal in New York, we did recognize and see that our clientele is a little bit different. It's definitely a little bit of a higher end type of customer. Customer. Uh, it's people that are driving nice cars that, that want to be out in them, that want to go out. Um, it's just different. Um, and even now that COVID's hit, it's it's different as well because I think people are a little bit more skeptical of, of using type of ride shares because now you got to worry about who else was in that car and things like that. And, and we have a competitive advantage again based on the fact that you're always in your own car. That in, in itself is definitely something that's helped and is why we're going to rebrand this and kind of make it more of a higher end type of uh, car service down the road. But that's basically how we got into the franchising thing. And their, their company is awesome. I've been working with them for years. I mean, they, they walk you through the process. They make it so simple. Um, if anybody is listening and, and ever really is interested in it, um, they're local guys. I mean, they, they really do a really, really nice job. Um, super easy to work with. It's, it's pretty affordable. Um, and at the end of the day, it, if, if you want to grow your business and, and allow other people to grow it for you, this is definitely the way to do it. You're not as hands-on, um, and that's one of the things that's tough about it is I'm, I'm a very hands-on person, so you just start digging, and sometimes you don't dig out, and you just keep going and going and going, where this is nice because you've got people kind of running your own brand and growing it, um, and, and they're doing the work behind it, which makes it a lot easier. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So that was the first question. So the second question, it, unless we already touched on it, that is really, again, with, uh, with, with your restaurant business, yeah. what do you think you, one thing you kind of wish you did before – Obviously, it's always hindsight 2020, right? We can always sit there. And we're not, I'm not saying that to mole on what we did right or what we did wrong. But what do you think is something that you wish you kind of did? You know, it's interesting because I, I feel as if we kind of took COVID by the horns and, and, and we really pivoted in a number of different ways that allowed us to really grow our takeout and delivery service. I was able to pivot um, my other company into doing the deliveries for us. Um, I mean, there's not a ton of stuff that I would really look back on and say, I wish I could do it different. Honestly, I think we did a pretty nice job with what we had, you know, what we were up against. We kind of, like I said, pivoted really quickly. Um, the first time this thing hit, we jumped all over advertising and really started pushing out um, all that stuff. So we weren't late to the game on that. Um, you know, we've been doing some really nice stuff in our kitchen to really help increase the sales and the online ordering stuff. So um, we, we definitely hit those marks really quickly. Um, we retained our, our entire kitchen staff. We retained about 90% oh, wow. of our floor staff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you guys did great. Yeah, we're just really fortunate. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of friends that are in the restaurant industry and I've heard a lot of nightmare stories. And, and again, you know, I've, I've said this a couple of times, 
you know, we, we just, we're really fortunate. We've got great people that work here and we were able to keep them. And it's hard for me to say that, you know, what, what I do different. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head if, if I would do anything different. Yeah. And that's an honest answer. So for those that are kind of starting a business right now, right. Or, uh, or they own a business and they're looking to start maybe like a side hustle or a second business Mm -hmm. or join a different business, you know, just because, you know, multiple streams of income, things of that nature. Is there any advice you would give to them at all? You know, just just work. You know, I mean, if, if you want to grind, grind. Like that's what it comes down to. It's it's if you work your ass off, things happen. You know, you've got to be around though. You've got to be in those moments. You've got to be in those opportunities. You've got to go do those networking things. You never know who you're going to talk to. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what relationships going to get built just because you decided to show up one day. I mean, it's happened to me a number of times where I was like, ah, I don't want to go to this event tonight. It's long. It's this. You go there, you meet somebody, and the next thing you know, I, I signed up New Era as a corporate account because you met somebody. Oh, I heard of this and blah blah blah. It just becomes being available, being out there and being around. I mean, honestly, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, like anything's kind of possible. I really do. And I, and I agree with that. And what we really focus on are really buster, but towards usually things happen. For example, if I really focus on being healthy, naturally start doing that. If I really focus on, again, a sales of a business, usually sales <laughs> yeah. naturally grow. So it's Correct. just consistency and taking that time here, yeah. man. Now, that being said, man, we asked a lot of questions. Here's a really outlandish question here. Yeah. So what are the secrets to great wings, man? Is there something, <laughs> is there, is it, cause obviously I, I'm sure just like you, I've traveled all over the country sure. and the wings sucks. So yeah. I'm like, are their fryers just better here? Yeah. Is it the wings that come here better? Like, sure. is it really the Frank's hot sauce? Like, what do you, what do you think it is? I, I mean, I, I chalk it up to longevity. I mean, these guys have been doing this for a long time. They know wings, you know, um, we took this place over and they gave us the, uh, the recipes to be successful with it. Um, we, ha- we, we buy the highest quality of wings we can get. Um, our sauce is second to none. I mean, it's funny because before I took this over, I'm a local guy and typically local people don't go to anchor bars. It's just not what's traditionally done, you know? Um, and, uh, I started having the wings here. I'm like, I'm not biased, but these are pretty damn good wings, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and, and it's funny because, you know, they are just, they're good wings. And I, and I think it's just a more of a quality type of thing. And the, and the sauce has been great and, and just a good product. Yeah, man. Cause I, like when I had my bachelor party, we did, uh, we actually in Detroit. The yeah. bachelor capital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding, Obviously, right? yeah. Obviously not, yeah. not. But yeah. I wanted to do a Bills game uh, for my bachelor party. Oh, nice. 14 guys. Anyways, we ordered these wings, man. They look like these hybrid. Yeah. It looked like a boneless wing that the last second decided they wanted to be a regular wing. <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't figure it out. I've seen uh, those. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. And I'm like, would you eat these? And the yeah. driver looked at me and I'm like, we're from Buffalo. Right. And, uh, right. So we're not allowed to eat these. So yeah. I'm like, is there something that yeah. Buffalo knows that nobody else knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's really cool, man. So mm-hmm. either way, man. Before we kind of, you know, tune things out here, is there anything that you want to talk about in terms of business, any ideas, tips, things that maybe you wish that I asked or, or thought of? No, just, just, and you know, my overall opinion of, of, of life and business right now, it's wild what's going to be going on out there. Um, you know, people just either have to pivot or they're going to die. Like there's only one way to survive. And, you know, as I mentioned, we've been really fortunate to be able to do that with both of our businesses um, and, and just. For people that are, you know, having a tough time with it, I'll get through it. Just keep, you know, this is going to end. This whole thing will ultimately end. There's a lot of businesses that are doing well because of it. And, and that's, you know, good for them. But ultimately, things are going to get back to normal. And, you know, if you've got ideas, just keep doing them. Um, you know, again, this isn't going to last forever. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that were in the middle of putting something together and working on a business plan or getting ready to launch something and this thing hit. But don't give up on it. You know, keep going. Ultimately, like I said, this thing will, will take its course. And I think life will be hopefully back to normal sooner than later.
Yeah. And kind of like alluding to what Mike said earlier in the podcast, it's who you surround yourself with. Are we surrounding people that are just complaining, constantly talking about what's going wrong? Or are we talking about people that are like, how are we pivoting? How are you doing? You know, not even just your business, but your, how's your emotional health doing? How are you, how are you just putting yourself in a right space to, to create more for yourself and your business and just putting yourself in a positive environment? That's huge because if we don't put great people around us, great thinkers, innovators, just people that are just for us, you're not giving yourself a good fighting chance, in my opinion, especially if you're in a bad space yourself. So I think that was a really good thing that you had, man. So anyways, though, Mike, for those that maybe had a question they wish I asked and I didn't get to it, if they want to ask you a question, they just want to pick your brain entrepreneurship, whatever you feel comfortable putting over the air. Some people put out their email, some people put out their cell phone, some people just whatever you feel comfortable, what is the best way for people to contact you that would be like, man, I really would love to meet Mike and pick his brain on something? Yeah, honestly, I mean, uh, you can always call our, our our service number at 716-202-2222, pretty simple. Uh, and email is more than fine. You can email me at designateddriversofbuffalo at gmail, or you can email me at uh, mule at ddobny.com. Uh, cool. And what's cool about this audio is if you didn't catch that, you can always pause it yeah. and replay it, which is whatnot. But Hey, man, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy guy. And again, by the way, guys, let me tell you about Mike real quick. This is Friday, January 15th. And this is the first, really the first full day that we're opening back up. And Mike's giving us his time to do so. So, Mike, I appreciate you not pushing me off. No, no problems at all. No, I appreciate you doing this for me. And uh, yeah, guys, stop out at Anchor Bar at Maple Road in, in Amherst. This is correct. You Amherst. got it. All right. Thanks, guys. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.